sunshine coming away today. Don't feel much like answering. Some man's gone trying to run my life. You don't know what he's asking. Just to protect the view of love, connected Separate a frame by the faceless faces Your frameless complaints, Malcolm's tasteless Welcome to the Truth to Power podcast I am Curious G On this episode, we discuss Identification and brands Or relationship with brands Hope you enjoy the show And away we go It's your boy, Ace Cannon We back <laughs> Full effect. <laughs> Motherfucker jumped out the gun with a good. <laughs> I'm all jacked oh. up on that Mountain Dew, boy. So I'm also here with my friend, my counterpart, compadre. And you are? Curious G. Ooh, you hear that smooth voice, ladies? That's velvet. Mm. 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 So this is a different week for me. You want to know why? I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. And, and there's there's a reason that that's going to work really really good. <laughs> All right. But I, you know what's what's amazing is I can't tell you how many times that you actually go into the points that I'm going to make before I get there. So that's a good thing. I yes yes it is. And if you're if you're blindsided a little bit today, we're going to actually talk about brands mm. and branding. Mm. And we're going to get into that topic a little bit. I do want to set the stage a little bit. On this, on this one. Um, so this is connected to that song, Voodoo. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that song after listening to KRS-One give an interview. And I'm going to tell you what he said on his interview. He talked about how hip-hop started, started in the streets, people meeting on the corner, and giving their truth, whatever that truth was. But they got pushed off the streets because they were loitering and shit like that. So hip-hop went into house parties and stuff. But it was always somebody's truth, right? There was the truth on the block, even if you were just talking shit about somebody else, right? It was your Mm -hmm. truth that you were given. Yeah. And he talked about um, after he got away from being a performer, he started to work for the record companies and he worked for the record company for two years and he said that it made him physically and spiritually sick. Oh, okay. And he said he had to actually walk away from it. He felt like part of what they do is they silence the truth of real artists because there is other narratives that fit society that is being pushed. Like, Fuck the police. Oh, well, yeah. Fuck, fuck. I mean, that, that wasn't Karis one, obviously. Yeah, that but, wasn't him. But, but that was, yeah, that was, that was some of the kind of like, stuff sh- that, that wasn't. Yeah. So, but we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about brands and we're going to talk about artists as brands. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. But brands is the direction that we're going to go. And to start off the conversation, I have a question. Okay. Do brands construct a view of self? oneself or brand self like okay i'll give you an example okay uh they did this experiment they asked a bunch of women to walk around the mall with a victoria's secret bag right and other groups of women to walk around with a pink bag which comes from the same store but it's not sexy it's more for like the comfort 
Yeah, it's more for the younger girls, I guess, or whatever. I don't know. Like, it's more. It's more of just like your your nighttime wear, more than lingerie. Okay, coziness. And they they asked the the women what they felt after walking around with these different packages. And even though you know they're giving them the stuff from Victoria's Secret, you know what I mean. No, it's not. It wasn't like a planned thing for the husband or whatever. And the women with the Victoria's Secret stuff said they they felt sexy. Yeah. And they they they, they were they had a certain. <clears throat> feeling as a result of carrying this bag yeah you know and it wasn't just the bag it was the way that other people would see them holding that bag right and the women from pink they felt different they felt maybe pretty but not sexy you know so the way that 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 brands the relationship that we have with brands right and what they kind of say to the world to me kind of shapes the way we see ourselves and the way we think other people see us. A hundred percent. You got to think about just Nike. I mean, that's just a good way to kind of put it. You know, when you put on those Nike shoes, you know, you run faster, you jump higher. Like you just, you're in, you're in the culture norm. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but I remember the first time I got Mercury L's, their soccer cleats. I felt like I was a better soccer player. Mm. And I was just, I mean, I wasn't. But it felt like that. And it's just a mindset, you know, like you're saying the Victoria's Secret thing, like it's the brand is meant to be sexy. I mean, you got to think there's a Victoria's Secret, you know, what is it? End of the year show, runway show. So, I mean, oh, was, yeah, I've seen that. I didn't know what they I didn't know what that was really doing other than it's promoting sexy. Oh, that's what yeah, it is. They bring in sexy back. Yeah. Well, I don't think sexy ever went anywhere, actually. It's always, it's always been here. I've seen some pretty good-looking ladies in my lifetime. But yeah, it's just a lot of it is associated with what you are. I mean, it's the same way that if you wear Columbia, you know, you're an outdoors kind of guy. It's, I mean, it's an, or girl, mind you. But um, mind me, I should say. Uh, but it just, yeah, it's just everything, every brand has to have an identity. And that's mm. what its selling point is. There, there has to have an identity to where, you know, Death Row Records was gangster rap. You know, mm. that's what it is. I mean, Universal Records was for the universe. It was for everybody. Death Row Records was gangster rap, but you know what I think made them true gangsters? <laughs> Tell me. Is they cut out the business people out of their business. But but people didn't know that, though. They, right. They, they did. But that's, they what did. But but that's gangster, dude. But that's gangster, 100%. I mean, you want to talk about real gangster, you can talk about Macklemore. He did the same thing, but he ain't, he's thrift shopping. So no one thinks the same thing as Suge Knight. But I mean, realistically, that's what they did. They took out the middleman. I mean, that's gangster. Yeah, it is. But yeah. you know, when you hear what, 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 you ain't thinking of that guy hood. I mean, he's wearing thrift shop clothes, but he's also well off now. So, so when it when it comes to branding, it ties very closely to something called structuralism. Have you ever heard of structuralism? No. Nope. Okay. I haven't. This is basically what structuralism is. Um, you identify like when we shake hands. Right. No matter what language you speak, there is an there is an idea that's being conveyed by this this thing that we do. Right. Um, and this is kind of what structuralism studies is, is the, the relationships, the way that we relate ourselves to the world around us through images, ideas, words. Right. So brands would be something that like people that study marketing, they might study structuralism to see our relationships to those brands. That makes sense. Right. Because if, if they can connect to us with a relationship, that brand will move off the shelf. Right. Um, but so one of the things that I really wanted to, to talk about 
when it comes to this brand branding idea is we are developing a profoundly flawed model of reality through the media right the public sphere is a, not an accurate representation of society when you think about social media right like absolutely we like to frame ourselves as looking happier happier mm-hmm. you know and the effects is this you know like let's say you're a 14 year old girl right you see all the other 14 year old girls that are doing all these wonderful things and but you don't see when they're doing their homework on f- social media or where they have to do the dishes you know what i mean and you feel a little bit sometimes less than because you're seeing this perfect world being put out there you know and you feel like you don't fit in and all this which is probably why female suicide among teens since social media started is up by 40%. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So brands and, and they, they extend more than just the products that we buy. Um, brands are kind of in, in my mind, um, how we relate ourselves to the world around us and the groups that we become part of. Right. Like our brand is we're Americans. Right. That is a brand. That's true. Right. That is a brand. True that, true that. And I was never so aware of it until I lived in another country, living in Montreal, the French-speaking part of my, you know Canada, mm-hmm. right? Um, I was very aware of my brand. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yank. Oh, yeah, my brand stuck out like a sore thumb. <clears throat> yeah, with that southern draw you got? Mm. Mm. <laughs> hungry. We, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty. What's up? <laughs> but but let's, take, let's take the brand of freedom as an idea because we are all about freedom in this country right like that's one thing we talk about i wonder if you could hear my eyes roll right there yeah we all about it well that's that's (laughs) kind of where i'm going i'm going to the uncomfortable spot well of course that's that's where we fit in so you're just trying to say that you know it's are you just trying to say like that's 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 like what we promote that's who we are we we're land of the free home of the brave let me get that eagle make that sound well, I think we're very, very uh, adamant about being free and that we are free and all these things. Yeah, well, we're, it's the biggest hypocrisy of all time, you know, but compared to a lot of places, not to say we're the only ones that have freedom in the world, obviously a lot of places have freedom, but we we definitely make it seem like we're a lot more free than we really are. Hmm. And it's easy to get caught up with patriotism and wanting to be the best. And that was one of the, you know, one of the things about the World Cup, for instance, recently, and it's nationalism. That word gets a lot of, a lot of negative vibes to it. Because when you think of like nationalism, a lot of people, well, maybe not, maybe that's where I go to, or just like, like Nazis have nationalism, you know, it was like what it was or Mm -hmm. anything of that nature. So it seems like Uh. such a, yeah, such a negative connotation, but you know, one of the things like after Argentina won the world cup, spoiler alert, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, there was drones and everything right, riding around. Actually, my mother was in Argentina when they won Mm. and she said like, I've never seen so many grown men cry, you know, and their brand was, you know, messy, the world cup. Just oh, we being, get emotional about them things, dude. dude. I mean, I'm, but the, you know what's funny about, and this is totally going off topic, but what's funny about, I've never seen a grown man cry over, like, I don't remember anyone crying when the Seahawks won. Maybe, maybe you were around some people who did, but I've never seen, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a grown man cry in I, America. I came it. close to shedding some tears. I'm not, I'm not that. Oh but, man. Well, but I then was, again, you don't know the story of when the Seahawks won. 
The the exact year before when the the Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers played, mm-hmm. I said to my wife at the time, I said, Lynn, I'm not shaving until the Seahawks win next year. Oh, well, yeah. Though, you might have been crying because you Ooh, could shave finally. And I didn't. I grew a big-ass <laughs> beard. Bro, I can't even and, imagine you with the big-ass beard. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> and you know what's funny is I changed, I changed companies. Well, I'm in a union, right? So yeah. we work for different companies sometimes. But I was with a company for six years, and I went with another company. And it was during that time that my beard was already in, right? But um, I shaved the day that they won. Like, the first thing I did after celebrating and be all happy and shit yeah. is I went to the goddamn bathroom and got that motherfucker off my yeah, face it was bro, a commitment a full year oh yeah that's a that's a hey bro you ride or die homie i appreciate that oh and i was hairy I, well, I was, yeah 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 that's true but i came to work and motherfuckers didn't recognize me i believe <laughs> bro, I, I started talking and they're like oh shit, oh, shit that's, 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 oh, that's that's curious g <laughs> yeah. that's curious g there was no curious yeah, g know, yeah, it was still time. sean yeah, at the yeah. time but, but no i that's I, I honestly couldn't imagine you with the beard that's funny but Back to the topic. Mm. But yeah, it's the same way with brands and everything. And, you know, it's, I mean, America is the brand. You know, <laughs> we definitely promote it around the world. You know, anytime that anyone has any sort of dictatorship going, we're the guys who come in and save the day. You know, mm. let's not talk about the resources or anything, but hey, we're saving the day, giving you freedom. And we don't ever talk about how unstable those countries become. You know, after we give them those independence, that was the one thing about Iran, you know, when everything kind of went its way and we, you know, Saddam Hussein ended up getting, oh wait, Iraq, excuse me, Iran. I was thinking of my boy Shaheen right now, but uh, shout out. But we, uh, you know, when Iraq went down, they didn't, no one ever talked about the instability or un- instability. Is that even a word? No, no, I don't think so. Instability, the, uh, instability my is bad. what my counterpart is yeah. well, trying to say. And I am not perfect anyways we keep going and uh that's how we do it on this podcast oh yeah there's no politically correct we're imperfectly human that's true but anyways i that's the one thing that is just really funny is that we don't ever talk about the aftermath of anything we only talk about the victories Mm. you know and that's a lot of thing with brands too we like to be winners well everyone does right well i would hope well i'm not everybody you know that's that's an absolute statement which is absolutely sometimes when i'm when I'm wrestling around with somebody, I let them pin me just for fun. Yeah, but at the end of it, you got yours and you won. Oh, I win at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Checkmate. Oops. Oh, you got me. Oh, my oh. bad. Oh, you're such a strong person. Maybe if I take my pants off, mm-hmm. I can get out from under this. Oh, damn. That's the only way. <laughs> yeah, but. <clears throat> All right, let's get, let's get back on topic. Okay, here, here's a brand that okay. I'll throw out as far as a political concept. Let's make America great again. Was it ever? Oh, no. But yeah, well, no. see, there was no, a lot got, of reaction from no, different people. 100%. And, you know, like, I, I haven't yeah. really shared this on the on the podcast. I'm, I'm one of the only white people in my family. I got some black people in my family, and probably more so than white people. Um, and I think that black people reacted a little bit differently to that Make America Great Again. They're like, well, what years are we talking about here? How far back do we want to go? Because, you know, what's great to the mind of a white dude might be a completely different... Of a Mexican dude. Yeah, I didn't want to call you out <laughs> like that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's what I am. Proud. Pancho Villa, que on there. <laughs> but so that's getting off a different yeah, yeah. direction. But so that's a brand. Yeah. Right? Now, 100%. why Why would he, why would this be like a, 
a, a topic that you would say, who, who was he trying to connect with? There was a relationship that he's trying to make there. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's the whole thing of middle America, the people that are unspoken for, mm-hmm. you know, cause the one thing that I really have come to understand with politics is it's definitely a bubble. Um, people, you know, I have a friend, I have a friend who works in it and we would have these conversations all the time and he, he's a pretty big baller in the democratic party. Um, and it was just amazing. Some of the times where, you know, being this truth, the power kind of person, I'd be like, yeah, bro, but you're only talking from one perspective. Like, you know, it's just, mm. there's, this is a E pluribus unum country, right? Out of many ones, you know, that's who we are. And <clears throat> there's, with that comes a lot of people that don't get to present themselves in the forefront, like political figures or like anything like this, or the voice of a nation, you know, anything of those, those those words are verbiages. But what's interesting is that, you know, a lot of people just feel so disenfranchised that they don't even vote. You know, we've talked about this before on this podcast, their voice can't be heard. And it's almost like those loud people, you know, like Trump's a good example. He was just really loud. Like no one thought he had a chance on the first day, you know? And then, but there was a lot of people and it was just a really interesting time too, because it came after Obama. So, Mm -hmm. you know, for a long time, it was very, hush hush about certain things that are still relevant today. Mm. And then, so he was able to come out, say what he said. And there was a lot of people that were ready for this, you know, and that was the brand and why it worked. It's because middle America was always felt like their, you know, bastard stepchild for lack of a better word. I think when, when that whole dialogue came up, make America great again. I think one of the, 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 things that was not making America great again was the illegals, right? Like that was a big hot topic, right? Mm-hmm. During that time. And and were they kind of a scapegoat in a sense for why America wasn't great, you know? Of course. There's so, there's a there, it's a very complex there's no one. Obviously you know this, but there's just it's a very com- complex, I guess, equation to what makes something great or what makes something negative. You know, the fact is that politicians for the last whatever time want to say we're one of the greatest nations, but we don't even take care of our own people. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's well, when you, when you bring people together, you have to give them something to be at opposition. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, You wouldn't have a backing if you didn't. Right. So this was a rebranding. A lot of people don't realize that that phrase was a rebranding. That was a brand that was sold before when somebody else was elected in history, except they we, they worded it a little bit different because they actually lived in another country. But I'm going to give it out. Um, this is what they said. Let's make Germany great again. And guess who was the scapegoat then? <laughs> who, man? Who? <laughs> well, it wasn't the illegals, no. right? But it was, it was Hitler. Mm-hmm. Hitler was actually voted in. And this is one of the things that he ran on. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Was let's make Germany great again. And he gave reasons why it was not so hot, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I, I said all that to not make a comparison between Hitler and Trump and all that kind of stuff. Logical that's, fallacy. Because that's, really, that's not really where I'm going with that. But what I mean is we're taking sometimes old ideas and just throwing them back into society because we know what works. Yes, absolutely. And- it's so funny. I was actually thinking about this recently because someone goes, oh man, I got an idea. And I go, someone has already thought of it. 
and he got so defeated. And I didn't, I go, I don't mean that, man. But I go, you know how hard it is to make an original idea nowadays? Mm. Because everything has happened. The human brain isn't no more than it was, 50, you know, 500 years ago, a thousand years ago. It's the same exact thing. People are still trying to get there. It's the only thing that changed was the technology. And we've talked about this on this podcast, but that's what it is. If, if it works, why would you not use it? You know, there's a reason why, you know, some of these psychological techniques have been going on so long, negative or positive. It just, it works. Mm-hmm. You know, game is game. Mm-hmm. Like think about, you know, I mean, right now we talk about even back in the day, someone who's suave, well, they're probably still, the game still works to change the verbiage. It, it is what it is, you know? So it's just, yeah, if it's not, if it, if it works then we're going to use it, you know, hard work is real. So you can promote that all day. You can promote that till the end of time. It's, it does pay off. Mm. Just do it. So getting back to the idea of freedom as a brand, right? What we believe, we're free. We're free people. We're all about that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Here's my question, okay? Take the brand of freedom as an idea. Is it strange that we as Americans believe so strongly in this concept But my question is, how often do we actually act freely and do something that the whole fucking group isn't doing? I mean, there's a lot of people kind of living the same kind of way. A lot of people are. You know? I mean, us included in some aspects. Well, you told me last week my stuff was too different. So I might be exploring some things yeah. instead of falling into the... But, but the same aspect, you know, you're not, not of the norm, but you're not the first guy to rap about certain things. No, no, you know, no, that, no, no. But that's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying though. It's, you know, our brand is, it's, it's easy to say one thing and not even ours as a podcast, but a brand is freedom. It's easy to say those things, but the fact that the word freedom has so much weight of positivity of being free, you know, have free will, free expression, free creativity. It sounds so uplifting and like freedom. I'm, I'm an independent, I'm by myself, but I vote Democrat. I vote Republican, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. yeah how free These are, are your you? two choices. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That you're free buddy, you know, <clears throat> and it's just the whole aspects of winner and losers. Cause we are, we've talked about this before, you know, when you're, when you're a true independent and you're by yourself, it could be a lonely road, but it's, it's such a fine line because no one ever wants to be truly alone. I mean, obviously there's some people, I'm going to speak in absolutes. I don't mean it all day. I just have to preface that. But you know, there's some people that like, like to be alone, but every once in a while you want to be with somebody. Mm-hmm. So it's, you can be that party of one, but it's sometimes nice to have a party of two. That dude, Nietzsche, he said that most people are like camels. He said like 90, 95% mm-hmm. of people, they get loaded onto their back. All of these brands right? Like I'm born here in America. I'm most likely going to believe in Christianity if I go to church, right? Yeah. We don't have a lot of other options as far as churches, if you look out there. I mean, there is different denominations. There's been 34,000 denominations of the Christian religion since it formed, but they all still use the same Bible, right? So they're still working out of the same Bible. That's your, that's your brand being born here. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're born in India, you know, it might be harder to fall into this brand, but like I grew up in the Christian church and I never read a bunch of other religious texts to compare it or any of that stuff. Cause that was my brand. I was born here. You know, I mean, me too. I mean, that's what I was. I'm 
one of the like one of the few Christian Mexicans, mm-hmm. which is hilarious because it was like really because yeah, I thought dude, I thought I thought um, there was a lot of Catholic. Oh no, a hundred percent there are, but for for some strange reason, <laughs> both of my preaching grandparents were. Christian, mm. you know, I'm probably some missionary or something came and saw them in Matamoros, Mexico, and said, "Let's go." They, they told the story good. And they was like, "Oh, <laughs> verdad, verdad, okay, let's go." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but yeah, no, it is. It's it's 100 your brand, and it's like I always just think, what if, what if everything was truly accepted, like, and people were just okay, and there wasn't, you know, because uh, people always. Christians are so caring. I was like, yeah, man, you ever heard of the Crusades? Mm. It's like, those just because you didn't agree? Oh, well, all that came out of the Doctrine and Discovery. The fifth Pope actually wrote the Doctrine and Discovery and basically said that anybody that didn't believe like we believe is your enemy. Yeah. And to go into the world, take their shit, burn it, convince them to become one of us, or kill them. Or kill them. <laughs> Which, yeah, Spanish Inquisition, what we did to the natives, what happened in Canada was the same stuff that yeah. was happening here. I mean, that, that was pretty much violence. If it wasn't your brand, kill it. <laughs> well, by we, by the way, we come in the name of love. <laughs> always, always in Jesus' name. But I, I'm getting down a road that I'm not really intending to go. Actually, here's here's the thing that that I wanted to kind of lead into, and we're going to talk about one of these aspects. But if you want to deny the freedom of a people, this is what has worked historically. Um, control of the government over modern society can be established through the culture industry. Yeah. Right. So we saw Germany lead their people through everything through propaganda. Right. And what was Goebbels? He said, if you're going to tell a lie, say it often, say it often, tell it big. big. Yep. Right. And, and people will believe. And, you know, the German people were like, they, they were all into it for a while. You know, they felt like these were the answers. And then after it was over, there was like, how could we have believed? And how could we have gotten here? Well, this is the answer. Control of government over modern society is being established through our culture industry. Right? So that's one of the ways. And we're going to talk a little bit about the culture industry here. Um, but the second thing is control is established by controlling intellectuals and promoting the ideas that hold true to an agenda. Right. So by intellectuals, I mean, um, you know, the people in our politics, people that are professors, you know, if, if their if their ideas fall in line with um, an agenda, we'll, we'll kind of push that. And you take like something like Big Pharma. Right. Mm-hmm. They have an invested interest for us to attach ourselves to their brand for our mental health. Mm hmm. Right. Instead of taking action, looking at ourselves, let's get down yeah, to yeah, causes yeah. and effects of behavior. I got a pill for you. We good. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a brand there. I can trust these guys with my mental health. They're doctors. <laughs> yeah, they're of, experts. Four out of five say. So so this <laughs> is what I'm talking about. Like the the intellectuals, right? Yeah. Um and and you know, besides the con- control that comes through the intellectuals and the culture industry, the other thing is is control through the educational system. Yep. You know, we kind of talked about it in one of the episodes where, um, you know, we educate people for twelve years how to become a worker, but there's no education as far as the laws of labor and all this and that. So th- those are the three ways that you can do it. You can control the intellectuals. You know, who actually has a voice. You make it available. Um, you control the education system or through the culture industry. But we're going to focus on this show 
on the culture industry because of the story I told about KRS-One. And we're going to look at brands as far as the people that, that we, you know, um, follow in the media. Right. So if you go back in time, like where mythology held a big part of stuff, you know, people needed these stories to relate themselves to, you know, Zeus or whatever, right. Or, or Noah or whatever, you know, story that was being told today, we have different types of mythology, right. Elvis, Ooh, Elvis, the King of rock, right. Um, mm. Brad and Jen, Charlie Sheen, you know, we, we, we look at these, these figures in um, the world of media. And, and sometimes I think that, that there are heroes. Would you not go there? Well, they're, they're, well, they're perceived as heroes. I mean, if you want to be, well, I mean, they're rich and famous. People want to be, a lot of people want to be rich and famous. Mm -hmm. You know, they want people to love them. They want them Jordans. Well, shit. So do I. Yeah. Patreon. Yeah. Get now, at me. Now, if, if it wasn't Michael Jordan, I mean, what, what would we be talking about here? You know what I mean? No. You know one of the, this is a, you just said Michael Jordan. We just looked at him like he's, you know, and he is that but, dude. But I mean, we place him like in this place. He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's transcended even his, his sport. I mean, Jordans are just every day, you know, you are Jordan, you're fly, you're fresh, you know, you're up to date, but Jordan said something. So when he was selling shoes, you know, he was never really political. And then they were asking him one day and he goes, Republicans buy shoes too. And that's why I was just like, bro, that, you know, as a black man, you should be blah, 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 blah. And he never talked about it. Cause he was just like, bro, I'm trying to make money. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. what I want at the end of the day. And his legacy will live on forever. I mean, the Jordan will be Jordan 5,466. You know, it's, it's timeless now. It's just going to be something that people always have. It's like a, it's like a dress shoe. Mm. Do you remember when Brad and Jen had their whole thing going on? Yeah, it was a really tough day when they broke up. Dude, people were invested <laughs> in that shit. Yeah. Like, like they were people that they knew. Was and, it and this Benifer? is what, Benifer, and this some is, said. And this is what I'm saying about brands is it's not necessarily the thing, but it's the relationship that we have with it or the perceived relationship, right? Kim and Kanye. Mm -hmm. That's all I got. I'm not, I act like I'm not trying to, like I'm not into, <laughs> like I'm not into all this. I'm on Twitter all the time. I know what's going on. <laughs> I like the Twitter. What's up, Elon? So let's take a brand like Elvis. They mm -hmm. just made a movie about Elvis recently. You seen it? I, I I no I have not seen the movie. Have you seen it? Nah. Okay. Well, yeah. what is your so, so, what is so your nothing, opinion of Elvis? Nothing, so, what, what's well, your opinion of I mean, his brand? I mean, as I just feel like he stole. He was just presented that he talentless Copernicus ass motherfucker. No, he wasn't Copernicus. Yeah, he was Copernicus, stealing people's ideas, stealing people's culture, putting them in the mainstream. He never wrote a song. Never, never wrote, wrote a song. Never, never wrote, wrote a song. How can you be the king of rock and roll if you've never written a fucking song? Because he ain't nothing but a hound dog. Ooh. That's why. Ooh, that was like so fitting right there. Mm. Mm. You know, I got mad as a motherfucker when I heard that shit, that he's the king. Jimi Hendrix could have played the guitar with every part of his body. I don't think he ever did it on stage with his dick. Because Ooh. like Marty McFly says, y'all just aren't ready for that yet. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. I bet he could have. I bet he tongue punched I it. I bet he has. He tongue punched it. Oh, absolutely. Yes, he did. His... <laughs> 
I was thinking totally. I was like, yeah, his mouth game's on point, yo. What's he oh, you got some dates after. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, that's if, funny. You can, if you can tongue punch your guitar, you got dates. Dude. You, you come off stage, you got somebody. Well, bro, he he had them lined up, bro. And he, and he didn't get one vote to be the king of rock and roll. He, Hendrix. You know one thing about it? And this is the one thing I, he could have cared less. That's mm. what made him so great to me. You know, I'm not some historian of anything, but when he talked about fame and he was just like, yeah, well, it is what it is. Mm. But I would rather be known as being, you know, nice, being thoughtful, being caring for my people at the end of the day. And, you know, those, those aren't, we don't want to promote those ideas. Why would we promote someone who's positive? You know, when we can have that guy who's shaking his hips. You know, you know why he shook his hips? Because Forrest Gump showed him how. No, 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 no. Um, well, that, that's the that's the thing we all got in the Gump movie. I, I feel you there. No, it was actually, this is true. He was so nervous, he was shaking the first time he went out on is stage. Is that true? Yes. And he made that motherfucking shit <sighs> there, work. There it is, man. There's your one of the week where I say, He what? made Excuse that me? shit. In fact, he was scared all the time. The motherfucker always had a gun on him all the time. Mm. All the time. He always had a concealed weapons permit and he would take weapons with him on stage. This motherfucker was a scary motherfucker. He was a, he was a child. He was a child. I'm sorry if you were an Elvis fan, by the way, and I'm shitting on your brand. You're probably getting pissed off at the Curious G right now. But this was a 24-year-old man that hooked up with a 14-year-old girl. He's a fucking pedophile. That's that's your brand. That's your brand. Okay? Yeah. So, But we, we hold these people up. <laughs> Jailhouse Rock? Oh, yeah, oh, dude. perfect. Oh, he sang so good. <laughs> He's doing fucking karaoke, and we put him up on this stage, and we call him the king of rock and roll. But the brand is he was a pedophile, right, that controlled everything about Pris Priscilla, was that her name? Priscilla mm -hmm. Presley. She, when she left him, she's like, yeah, he told me how to wear my hair and how to wear my clothes. And, you know, he'd get mad. Priscilla wasn't the daughter? That was the, Priscilla Presley was the one he married, married. right? Okay. Yeah, she was 14 and he was 24 when they what? got together. Dang. That was, that's not weird, I suppose, in the 50s oh, or no. the 60s or whatever the fuck year that was. Mm. Damn, I didn't... There it is. There's my. But how does this dude drop. get elevated to to the the place that he is now? Right, like his brand. His brand is carried on. How long? Like I thought, everybody that listened to his music is dead. <laughs> no, we're, we're rebranding Elvis, but nobody points out that he's a fucking pedophile, yeah. or that he never wrote a song. Well, it's you know it's it's the same thing with like Babe Ruth. You know, back in the day, the writers had his back. No one ever talked about it, but as you go, and he was just like a womanizing, drunk, smoked a lot of cigars, but guess what? He hit a baseball really well. Yeah. So let's not worry about any of that other yeah. stuff. You know, it's a lot of people are like that. We never talk about people's negatives because we don't want to tarnish the brand. That's it. You know, we don't want to tarnish it because guess what? Elvis got all that thrown away because he was making those dollar dollar bills, y'all. And why would we, we don't want, we don't. Why would we want to, you know, ruin the gravy train? Let's mm. not do that because these executives sitting up high in their towers, just thinking that they're so powerful, so smart, so cunning that they can manipulate anything they want to manipulate to make it work for them. You know, politicians as well. You know, it's just what it is. I mean, Nancy, like we said this before, Nancy Pelosi, better than Warren Buffett at picking stocks. Coincidence? Mm. I think, not. <laughs> you know, and the same thing. How the city of San Francisco kept voting for her. It's crazy because it's their identity. We have the Speaker of the House. We would like that. Same thing. Coins minted in Denver. Bro, what's the fucking point of the penny? 
None, but we, it puts a lot of people in work. So it's just brands, constant brands. So people promote that. Cost 1.3 cents to make a penny, but yet we're going to keep making them. Mm. Makes no fucking sense. But we have to keep the jobs in Denver and the people who knew that are going to keep promoting it. It just doesn't make sense. Nothing makes sense if you really break it down when dollars are involved. But hey, someone's making them. Always follow it. Mm. You know, one of the brands I really like in the world of entertainment, and he's an old brand. He's off the shelf now. Uh, Jim Morrison. Now, now, I'm not saying that he was a good dude, right? I liked his music, right? The dude had 165 IQ. Yeah, you told me about this once off air. That's, that's what, that's what Einstein had. It blew my mind, yeah. Yeah, he had the same IQ as Einstein. Now, they were into different stuff. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. You know, I feel like if Einstein did a little bit more drugs, he might have been a little bit more like Jim Morrison, but... <laughs> You know, I don't know what kind of drugs he was on. Jim Morrison was on some, though. And that distorted his perception and the way that he presented his brand. But but Morrison felt very, very misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Are you aware that he pulled out his dick on stage? Well, I am now. Okay. A lot of people <laughs> don't realize this. This was the downfall of Morrison is his bully. He pulled out the bully live on stage. Right. Down in Florida, which is not the place to do it in the 60s. Right. They had that motherfucker locked up after that. And he was going to court and all this stuff. And he said it was art. He said he, he said it was art. I don't know if you're going to put a frame around that thing, Jim. <laughs> I mean, some, some people would. But he compared it. He compared what he did to hair, which was being you sexualized know, right like well, it was he, a play right. where people were naked right but he actually oh had, like okay, okay okay my bad my bad he yeah, actually yeah, yeah. had a point yeah right because yeah, yeah, you're, you're talking about a dude with 165 iq right so his points were sometimes little didn't make sense to us mm-hmm. right yeah but see this was the thing that happened with morrison his brand was outside of his control he was framed by the media as the sex object. Yeah. Now he wanted to be valued for his poetry and he had just written some book of poetry and nobody bought it. And nobody gave a shit. And he wanted to destroy the, the sex image that he had. He tried to gain weight. He tried to grow a beard, but motherfuckers still loved them. Some Jim Morrison. Yeah. Right. And what he did is he pulled out his dick and he said, are you a bunch of slaves? Is this what you want? I'll show it to you. Because he was tired of being framed. <laughs> and everyone said, yeah. He was tired of being framed as a sex object. Yeah. He said, these are my words. These are what my thoughts are. Right? Now, to him, it all made sense. Now, if you read his poetry, I think it's a lot of it's shit. He wrote great songs, but his poetry, nah, uh, uh. I'm going to have to check it out. But his high ass thought he was saying some meaningful shit, right? And he wanted to be valued for the person he was inside, and not seen as a sexual object. Now, maybe this isn't something that that a lot of men were expressing in the 60s, and maybe he could have expressed it better than pulling out his dick and going, is this what y'all want? Y'all want the sex object? Here it is. Here's the bully. And he screamed at people. He said, you're a bunch of fucking slaves. Right now, here's the thing: are we are we enslaved by brands? Are we enslaved by uh, these these people that we uphold? you know, that are in our media. Yes. Yes. Well, you got, I, it's the same way we talked about this, you know, a couple of weeks ago, or I don't even know all, all of them shows run together in my head. But when we talked about, you know, commercials, 
and we talked just about media and we've talked about that, but it's, you know, they having a Mercedes is a status symbol. You know, it's funny because one of the best things that I ever, I ever heard was why uh, Ferraris don't have commercials. And they say, cause the people that can actually afford them aren't watching TV. <laughs> now, I always thought that was hilarious and it was true. <laughs> like, I mean, maybe some of them are, but a lot of guys who are really hustling out there, women as well. I say guys, but I mean men and women constantly. But, you know, a lot of people who are hustling out there don't got time to be watching, you know, Ellen Generous dancing with another celebrity, but that's their brand, you know? It's like putting that out there. But we don't, we just, it's because we see what we see constantly you're one manipulated into believing that you want something more than you probably even do. You know, that notion that a Rolex tells the same time as a Casio, it's just a watch at the end of the day, but it's just a status symbol. So you can show off to other people. Ah, there it is. I knew it was always coming. There it I is. I seem to always get there. How, it takes do we me a want, while. how do we want motherfuckers to see us? hundred percent. You know, and it was the same thing when I was kind of mentioned to like Columbia. Like I was just thinking about that. Cause I just, I was at the Columbia store recently and I, bought a jacket, you know, but whatever. But I wasn't this, I wanted a rain jacket. So it was a little bit different, but then I could have just got a Walmart rain jacket, you know, and I probably would have saved me $120, but it was just the notion of just still like, even I do it. I mean, obviously look at me, I'm fucking dressed up. I do, I'm that, I'm that well-dressed motherfucker. Oh, he's dressed up when nobody's even looking at him. <laughs> this motherfucker, you probably, my mom was like that. She'd get out of bed Dude. and, and get dressed and put the makeup on. I'm like, where are you going? She's like, nowhere. Just nowhere. Staying, staying around the house. I just like, but I, I definitely know that I work hard, you know, so I like to treat myself and I don't, and I always have to say this, I don't have kids. So I am my own still child. And I spend all the money on myself, all my things I do. But I know that once I have kids, I'll probably be in, I probably might as well keep my stuff now because I'll probably be wearing it until the end of time. Kids mm. are expensive <laughs> from what I hear. You know, and I, I think that when it comes to brands, it's all about the relationship, the way that we relate to it and the way we see or way we feel other people see us in relationship to those brands. You know, but if we're talking about the brands of the artists that we're buying into, um, you know, with what KRS was talking about, mm -hmm. how it was making him physically and spiritually sick to be a part of the music industry and to be silencing truth mm -hmm. coming from real artists because yeah. of how they pick their artists and control the message and all this and that. Um, so why are we buying into these brands if there's, if they're so empty, if, if there's nothing there, do you think it's cause we don't have a choice? Oh, there you go. God, I'm on fire. There you go, dude. And, and this, this is mainstream stuff, mm -hmm. right? Like we get back to those things of control, mm -hmm. right? If you can control the culture industry, if you can control the educational system, and if you can control the intellectuals or put in place the intellectuals that are, are getting their voice out there, you know what I mean? And Elvis is one of those brands, yeah. right? Do you know why? that motherfucker was catapulted to the level that he was. Was it his talent or was it something else? Oh, I mean, probably, I mean, I'm guessing it's something else. So the way you preface the oh, question, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just guessing. I'm trying to be <laughs> sneaky, but people are starting to catch Curious on. Curious oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so so Elvis had, and it, I think that probably was shown in the movie. I don't know because I didn't fucking watch that pedophile movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna tear down the brand of Elvis every step I can. I can tell that. Oh, I'm I'm hot. I'm like, why are we oh. why are we holding this pedophile up like this? I wish I knew more references. Oh, dude, he had a fucking monkey, a chimpanzee named Scat. No, I, yeah, I I knew that one. Did you know that one? Did you know he used to lift up the dress of every girl that came over to the house in a dress? Oh, that's real too. Oh yeah, and you know why he did that? Because he fucking learned what he saw from his fucking owner, Elvis. All right, mm. I, I, I need to be calmed nah, down. I I promised myself last week I wouldn't get so emotional. Yeah, I can, I can feel it. Fuck Elvis. Well, hey man, I don't say hate a lot, but I hate pedophiles. Well, you know, I I hate the fact that he's the king of rock and roll. Never wrote nair song, mm. nair song. But we can all say that Michael Jackson's the king of pop. Oh, because he wrote and dude, made and did Mike, all his music. Yes, Mike was a talented motherfucker. Now his breath might have smelled like booty hole, and I feel conflicted. allegedly. I allegedly. <laughs> that mother- you got up close to him and you said, "Mike, breathe on me." Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> is, that, is that an altered boy right there? Ooh. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. We never proved to Mike. <laughs> like Barry well, Bonds admi- never took steroids. If he had married a 14-year-old boy, we probably would have caught him. But like, like Elvis did the girl. That's but, true. But, but anyways. Uh, okay. So the colonel was smart. That was the dude that was promoting. No, the colonel oh. was the dude that, that made Elvis. Well, him, there was a team of people. It wasn't just him. Um, there's a lot of people that won't get talked about. Um, but I'm not going to go there. What I am going to go there and say with Elvis, what they did is they recorded a bunch of music before he went into Europe over in the military so that they could continuously put out new stuff. And then the media was like, oh, he's in the military. He's, you know, he's fighting up the good fight. You know what I mean? They framed him as this dude. The brand. Yeah. So you as a fucking kid that's worshiping this motherfucking king of rock and roll and you're about to turn 18. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? You want to be like the brand. Man. Oh, my God. Mm. That's some fucking smart ass shit. Yes. Shady as fuck. But that is smart. And that is what we have today with our artists. They're all mm. brands, right? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know too many songs that Taylor Swift has done. Right, I, 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 I just don't. I just don't. My daughter listened to Taylor Swift when she was young, but I know that Taylor Swift is a brand and not a performer because she has perfume, she has clothing, she has this, she has that. I mean, this is what we look for now: is brands, true people that can be all these different things. Rihanna. Oh yeah, we need him to be to have opinions, and we need him to fucking make clone, and we need him to make this and make that, and fuck. Fuck, why? Yeah, man, but have you checked out that color of eyeliner lately? Dude, no. it's revenue streams. 100%. And it's... <sighs> oh, man, you could hear it in your voice. Just sad. Oh, you just said... <sighs> oh, yeah. I feel freedom just, <laughs> just leaving. I just <sighs> feel freedom being taken. I felt that. But see, if if we can... If, if through the culture, we can reinforce this idea that, that we have this freedom... But never give people those choices and say, these are your choices. These are the people you should look up to. And these are the people you should try to be like. What are most people going to do? They're going to kind of be like Mike. Yeah, be like Mike. Just do it. Mm-mm. Just do it. Look at that. Just do it. It was almost like that was planned. That's the brand, man. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Here's my question. Yep. What's, what's our brand? Our brand? Our brand is... 
uncertainties, mm. not knowing. Our brand is true vulnerability, true truth, as much as we can preach it. Our is fearless, is not worrying about other people's thoughts. Obviously, I care what other people think when it comes to people close to me, mm. but I just, I would rather be real with myself than real dumb, you know? I'm having a flashback in my you, life. You're having a moment over there. Oh my there. God, bro. I was having a flashback thinking about how many times I was I'm about just, to turn the light off and let you sit in there. That was, I, <laughs> it's going to be a long drive home. I can tell you that much. But no, ours is just being, you know, trying to be as independent as possible, you know, within the parameters of what we are constructed in our society. It's, there's only so much you can preach. And that's like the terrifying thing about like cancel culture and we've talked about this before and it's cancel culture is the greatest thing. I think I've said this on this podcast or if not, I preach it everywhere. Cancel culture is the greatest thing the government ever could hear mm. because then it's your fellow American silencing oh, yeah. you. Yeah. They, they are. Don't even, they don't even have to do anything. There was, there was a style of creating a new prison system. I think it came out in the 1800s and what they did is they designed the prisons where the guard was in the center and that in every direction that he looked, he could visually lock eyes onto the prisoners. And what, what it was designed for that is if you can give them the feeling like they will always be watching, they would self-regulate. Right. Mm -hmm. So in this society, how often are we self-regulating stuff like the cancel culture? Now I'm, I'm going to give you my version of our brand. Okay. And I said it a little while ago. Um, we are not politically correct. Mm -mm. We are imperfectly human. Insustable? Mm -hmm. Anonymously insustable? I'm just making a word. <laughs> no, I like that. Imperfectly no. human. 100%. Because the brands that we put out in the media, they can't say the wrong things. They're perfect. Right? They have to be perfect. The political people that if they had these opinions 20 years ago and they changed somehow, oh, well, you didn't say that back in 19. Da, 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 da. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, we didn't yeah. expect you to grow and change. Well, it's, right. I mean, a lot of it's you see it when any time well, Kyrie Irving, you know, mm. a basketball player plays for the Brooklyn Nets. And he was, he's the one that was talking about flat earth. And he was also talking about, you know, certain, certain things about, um, <clears throat> well, that, and then certain things about people in the media that are, you know, but, and then also about some of the thing about the Nazis and whatnot. I don't know exactly, but I do know that he was dropped from Nike. Mm. And it is, if you don't, if you don't fit the profile of what these companies are trying to promote, then you're gone. Yeah, you're you're not well, an option Ka anymore. Kanye West is a good example too. You know, I mean, love him or hate him, believe what you want to believe about it. I mean, the fact of the matter is that this guy. Oh, aren't you? We're having technical difficulties oh, geez, there. Somebody forgot to silence their cell phone. Yeah, well, that's me. Imperfectly human. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. What's funny about it is, oh, never mind. Oh, that's the one person that can get through. Oh, so is that Mama? You know it. That's Mama. <laughs> yes, Hi, Mama. Mom. Hi, Mom. Yeah, yeah. That's the only person that can get through. So just in case, but and she she's probably gonna ask me where the well, we're gonna is. pull. But I was gonna say real quick though, the Kanye thing is you saw how quickly his dollars went away. Mm. You know, I mean, the fact that Adidas was able to freeze his accounts, and it's because he wasn't preaching the story anymore that they needed you to believe. And it's just how quick it is. And that's when, you know, the same thing about people. I mean, it just, 
Same thing happened to like Andrew Tate. I don't know if you know who this is, but it's a guy who preaches like a lot of masculinity. Well, recently he was arrested and it's like a formula. It's like, you know, tell you to not to talk. All of a sudden you get arrested. And the one after that, all of a sudden you die. Mm. And that's what's like kind of crazy about society is it's, it's like it's happened to multiple people. And, you know, that's what they would love to do to Edward Snowden. You know, that's why he has to chill out in Russia for the rest of his life. Mm. He can't even come home because if he did, you know, Americans just can't go to Russia like they, like if he was in any other country, he'd probably be dead by now because he's preaching the truth. But it went, against, it went against the freedom narrative. Patriot Act, baby. Well, the thing I think with brands is we got to be careful with what we connect ourselves to. True. And we got to think about a little bit of the artists that we're connecting ourselves to and the messages we're taking in. Yeah. Because it can, You're, yeah. Because this stuff is possible to pollute our souls. <laughs> you know, it really yeah, is. It de- well, it does because you, I mean, the same thing you are, what you eat, you are, what you read, mm. you know, it's the same. I mean, it's true. If you're only reading one thing, it's the only thing you're going to believe. And I think that's one thing we try to promote on this is what we do is we try to just give other perspectives. And, you know, I'm constantly like, I will, I'm constantly wrong. But I'm willing to listen. And my brand is a, you know, as me, and I know you're very similar, is our brand is trying to grow and be the best version of ourselves. Like someone see, said, this be the best version of you for you, and the rest will fall into place. And I thought that was dope, man. That was one of the best things I ever heard in my life. And that's how I try to live my life, is just try to be the best me I can be for the people around me, but especially myself, because just like that oxygen mask, I can't help you unless I can help myself. Mm. Mm. I'm always leaving with those those bars at the end of this. Well, I think some of the brands that we get in our culture are like the two choices that we talked about early in the podcast, Democrat, Republican. Yeah. Right? Like no other brands get invited to the debates and get the primetime television conversation up there in front of everybody. Yeah. And why not? It don't, is, isn't there some people that might connect to their brand? Yeah. Why why are we not given a way of relating to that brand? Because that's really what the debate is supposed to be there so we can relate ourselves to this brand. Yeah. That was the the whole funny thing about the invent, the invention of the superdelegate. <laughs> mm. Like Hillary Clinton, who is Bernie Sanders was winning. And oh wait wait wait, wait 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 wait. We can't have this happen. All of a sudden we're just going to re- invent something new. It's just, it's just hilarious, bro. Cause it's, they'll do whatever it takes, but it's done under voting laws. So, Hey, it's okay. Gerrymandering. It's okay. We voted for it, mm. bro. It's incredible. It's incredible. God bless America and no place else. I wonder what would happen if, if everybody wrote in as their pick for president, raising the minimum wage to $25 you an know hour. What? I've, dude, I've thought about that before. Um, I don't know. I don't know because would all of a sudden those votes? Oh, just like ooh, I was about they to wouldn't do, count them. I was, they'd exactly be like, what I was they'd say. be like that doesn't That's count. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna vote like I was just gonna say they would something would happen. Oh, the truck got blown up. Do we need to oh. get we need to get the motherfuckers that did remember the voice and all that kind of shit? Um, American Idol. They would vote right away across the nation. We'd have that figured out in, in minutes. You know. Hundred percent. I've actually heard that theory from someone on a podcast once. They said that like, what's the reason we even have to go to the polls anymore? Yeah, you can just press a button on your app. Control. Hundred percent. I mean, that's the answer. I mean, yeah, yeah. 
I know why. Yeah. yeah. But it was just funny because you're just like, yeah, man, all of a sudden, you know, you, <laughs> I, one thing I've always laughed about is, you know, how th- certain things work. And this has nothing to do with what it just reminded me of this. Sometimes my YouTube won't work, but the commercials always seem to work fine. Mm. And I just think that's <laughs> funny. You know, it's just, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you with that, whatever that means. Buy the brands, buy the brands. Yeah. Especially ours. Mm, Especially yes. ours. Yeah, it's good to invest in a little bit of imperfectly human. Maybe there will be less suicides mm. <laughs> because people might say, you know what? I'm imperfect and I'm human too. <laughs> you know what I mean? So let's For wind sure. down and get the fuck out of hell. Yeah, man. I got to drive home to think about my life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I take the long way home. And I got to eat something. Dude, I'm starving. And your boy Ace Cannon. We out, y'all. We out. Thank you for joining us. This was episode nine. Nine? Episode nine. That's my soccer number for if anyone cared. But hey. And we've been branded. Get nervous when my hip-hop hit A soul out here, we just want that lift I come from the source of hip-hop gift Where words like law, tight lip fit You can serve and swerve, but don't sit therein Trespass charges, they come on quick They switch the shaft when they promise tip Snip them dogs before they bit But this impact got built to bark, not sit Bread proud, hungry, fuck fit Slap the loud, then the music hit Our ass got down hard as Chris could spit I can feel the muses hit, reflect, project that lift, bottom drops, bass to kick open, them words I live, X town by law, with the lawless live, X town by law, with the lawless live. So, so voodoo, huh? We're finally to the, to the classic record, man, voodoo. Yeah, this was, uh, this was a track, man. This was, um, a moment in time for sure. Um, I don't think, I don't think that I've ever had a song so complete using two metaphors that are saying two different things at the same time through the whole song as well as this does. Let the audience know a little bit about what both those metaphors are. Well, I kind of took the X from Malcolm X. I kind of wanted to start off the sound, uh, song going X. Malcolm, you know what I mean? Like doing some yeah. of that shit, but I don't, I don't know if I ever added it in, but I, that's where I started like with this song in my head and the X's were representing what he said with his, uh, last name. Like so many people had their identities taken their last name, this and that it, when there was slavery. Right. So I'm identifying the slavery, signing your name with an X with the artist that puts their X on the dotted line of that contract, right? Mm. When they sign their signature on that contract, they're, they're becoming in some ways enslaved. And in the song, it talks about how hip hop is kind of speaking our truth, maybe on the block, you know what I mean? Out right. in our neighborhood, but it's, it's a truth that comes from our heart. And that truth gets silenced with, with basically money. You know, uh, I talk about how accolades build graves, you know, you get all that money, you get all that distraction along with it. And, and there's certain narratives that get pushed, you know? So if somebody has some truth to speak, like let's say what KRS-One has done in the time that he's been around or the roots, black thought, hello, you know what I mean? These dudes are saying some things, you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and they're not being silenced, but some artists, they are, 
you know, uh, in a sense, because we're, we're playing people that, um, that can carry the narratives that are, are pushed. You know, you could, you could say what we want about Tupac and Biggie. Like I love the gangster music and all that shit. Like it sounds cool as fuck, but that brought problems. That was a lot of death. You know, I said on the last episode, how, um, hit me up, you know, hit him up was, uh, to my, to me, the biggest rap song, um, yeah. best rap song ever. And I think it's because of how many people's lives it touched. I mean, to motivate people to kill, that's power, man. Now you might right, not agree right, right. that that makes it great, but it affects people on a deep level. But the, the issue is, is how are we affecting people? And Another interesting thing about this record was this was one, if you remember that I had already like, uh, made the beat for, this wasn't like originally, like usually you send me the lyrics. This one was one that I had, uh, just lying around that I chopped from a vinyl. Um, and I remember this was around the time we kind of first started working with each other. <clears throat> I remember like, uh, just shooting it, shooting it over to you and a couple other beats. And you were like, yo, what is that? Yo, this will work perfect for this record. I have voodoo. Do you remember that Sean? Yeah, dude. I, re I remember this whole making of this song like it was yesterday. Actually, it was about this time last year. It was. Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was. You know, I, I did uh, For the Table right at, on Thanksgiving Day. And just a few weeks later, I did this and Lynch Mob all about the same right. time. Right. Now, um, you when we've talked about it, uh, you're always talking about <clears throat> KRS-One. Uh, in relation to this record, do you want to expand on that a little bit? Well, yeah, he uh, he was doing an interview and he talked about his time as a performer. But following his time as a performer, he steps away and he gets a job working in the music industry. And he's talking about this in this interview. And he said that he after about two years, he had to actually step away from that job because it made him ill. He was spiritually ill. You know, and he's returned to the music that he makes and all that. But just, you know, he, he must have digested some things. Right. And this is kind of what the song is in, in my words. You know what I mean? To some of those things in that business that he had to digest that made him spiritually sick. And it makes me a little spiritually sick, too. You know what I mean? So in the beginning of this song, when I say that X has come the truth, like truth collects us. Right. Truth brings us to it. Right. right. X is. We're, we're the X's. We're those unknown people kind of in the shadows. And we come to truth like truth collects us just to protect the view of love connected. Because once we come together in some truth, there's some love there and we got each other's back. Right. So in the past, we were separated by and framed by the faceless faces, people that we never even see. You know what I mean? How many times are we framed that way? Think about the artist. You know, they're they're being branded a lot of time. Right. But what did Malcolm say about them, them type people that they're tasteless? So that's how the hmm. song starts, hmm. you know? So I'm bringing some attention to Malcolm and I'm also bringing some attention to, to our truth. Right. And I say, don't let them motherfuckers pull us apart. Let's stick to goddamn together. Another thing that was crazy about the production process with the beat is I had originally had some scratches here and there in it when I was just kind of jamming. Um, cause I had made it for another artist, uh, originally, um, but I just, it never came to fruition or whatever. So it was literally a beat I had lying, uh, lying around. If you remember, there's some sound bites in there or whatever and some scratches and the way you, you had like 
hit it or whatever, it was like almost like it was intentional. And I thought that was fucking really cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it yeah. was like, it sounded like it, it was sounded like I was like DJing or something. I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> no, I was playing with some of the, your chops and stuff, dude. Like I, yeah. I actually rewrote some of the lyrics in this to, to match up with that shit. Yeah. I, I was just kind of just cooking it up. I didn't even know, like, it was just literally a jam session. I was like, man, I'm going to make this for, I don't, I had no one really in mind. I just thought maybe an artist would dig it. And I sent it out a couple of times and never got any response or whatever. And then it just sat on my computer for f a couple months or whatever. And then one day when we first started working together, you're like, you got some stuff already like pre-made and I sent you over some stuff. And then literally within like, I, I feel like it was like five minutes you called me and you're like, yo, that's the one I got this record voodoo. It'll fit perfect. And I was like, all right. And then you spit it for me. I was like, Oh yeah, that's that shit. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you a question. How does this song um, affect you as a human being, as a music maker? Uh, what do you, uh, can you expand on that? What do you mean? Like the, 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 the topic, the theme, what it's about, how we hit it. Um, <laughs> is this a song you'd listen to? You know, tell me, dude. How, how does this affect you? Does it affect you at all? Um, it affects me in the fact that you hit like it's in a very aggressive sounding beat or whatever. Um, and the topics you're talking about on it, um, are stuff people need to hear. You know how, like, uh, I don't know. I'm sure you brought it up on the show or whatever, but the original, your original idea for the truth to power. And the reason we're all doing this is artists helping artists. And in the song, in some ways you touch upon that or whatever. Um, and that damn Isley Brothers sample is so damn infectious. So it's one of those songs when it when that shit when the voodoo hits, kind of makes you want to go work out, right? Like that this shit <laughs> makes it's just pure energy. That's I don't know, just as a non like a non subjective listener or whatever, when that shit hits and you start rapping or whatever, and that and that fucking uh, Ronald Isley's uh, patented singing is chopped up in the back or whatever, dude. If that don't make you want to run through a wall, dude, why are you listening to music? You know what I mean? Well, that sounds like it affects you a bit, dude. <laughs> dude, it's one of my favorite, like, grimy 90s type hip hop beats I've ever made. Um, it reminds me of, like, freaking uh, socially conscious, but like some fooshnik and shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's super heavy hitting, right? Like, you know dude, what I mean? You know, what, one of the things I like best about this track is when we did the hook, right? And it goes, bottom drops out for the bass to kick. You yes. know which part of it, yeah. and you just you just drop it all out the bottom and hit them, <laughs> hit them with the bass. Yeah, you know it's yeah, it's man. a great part of the song. You know what I mean? It's, it's very freaking memorable. But dude, I this is one of because it's a different era of like we've been making music for well over a year now, and Voodoo is one of those records. You know how like you'll play a song and you're like, oh man, I heard that a bunch of times or whatever. Uh, man, I kind of know it by heart. Let me go to the next one. <clears throat> Voodoo's one of oh, the motherfuckers dude. I don't skip. You know what I mean? You, I never you skip it. You ain't never going to know this song. This thing's got <laughs> secrets inside of it. So yeah. just you take, a, you take a line like message lost across that two full plate. Do you yeah. remember the song, The Message? Rappers came together after the first, I think, hip-hop artist had died. A bunch of different rappers, uh, mm -hmm. hip-hop artists. You know, they came together because they wanted to put out this positive message and mm -hmm. what music could be and what all that could be. And and this is some of the stuff that gets silenced, right, by the, the record industry, period. You know? Mm -hmm. And people are so accustomed to, to accepting something besides the message now right. that they almost can't hear when, when truth is speaking to them. You know? <laughs> 
Some no. people do. I mean, X has come the truth the way truth collects us, right? When the muses hit, I feel it. You may have never given much thought to the concept of brands. How are we affected by brands? What brands do I align with? Which brands do I reject completely? This is structuralism. Structuralism is a method of interpreting the world we see, the ways in which we think, the ways in which we act, and how culture forms. Structuralism is more interested in relationships than objects themselves. What is important when it comes to the marketing is the brand. And with the brand, how is it that we see ourselves connected to the brand? Or how do we perceive others see us as an individual being connected to the brands that we choose? What is your brand? Are you a brand? Have you ever thought of yourself as a brand? Okay, look, I'm not really expecting you to answer that question. I'll just kind of get us started so we can avoid the uncomfortable silence. This is our brand. We are all Americans. Well, except for all those illegals, they're more of a off-brand. Let's call them Brand X. Okay, but when it comes to most Americans that are branded, we have two choices. We can be either the brand of Republican. Let's call them Brand A. Then, of course, we have the Democrats, which, just for the sake of making a point, let's make them Brand B. B, like Brandon. Now, just for the sake of the thought experiment, how about we create, just for fun, an avatar all of our own? Our avatar's name will be Dick. Dick gets to look at the brands available, so Dick can pick. We won't let Dick pick anything weird. We want your basic, average Dick pick. Okay, just because it doesn't make a lick of sense, let's just say that Dick chooses to be an American Republican Christian conservative Dick. Are you starting to get an idea of who Dick is? Does that brand of human make you feel anything at all? Are you for Dick or are you against Dick? What is your position? Or is just Dick unappealing altogether? Maybe you don't vote. But for those of us that pick one of the two choices, brands tell us how we should feel about something. For some voters, the description I gave is a Dick that you don't care for because you are in direct opposition to Dick, which is okay. You're just not aligned with Dick. Or that Dick-like worldview. For some people, they like that Dick pick. They too are an American Republican Christian conservative who happens to also be pro-gun. This excites Dick. These two have come together and become part of the same tribe under the various brands that resonate with Dick. In fact... When Dick gets with his tribe, he walks a little bit taller in the saddle. Okay, who walks in a saddle? 
I don't think I'm making sense. And I'm starting to think that Dick is a loony. Okay, but getting back to Dick. Dick is with his tribe. All of these people harmonize with Dick-like beliefs. This reinforces what Dick believes even more. When Dick sees so many others who associate with the brand of Dick and his view of the world, Dick has confidence. How do we identify? Has been on the minds of people. Are we a dick or not? Identity has been on social media lately, especially when it comes to sex. Personal identity seems to be, to me, somewhat of a (laughs) me problem, not a we problem. I suppose that I could expect everyone to get me and how I identify when they watch me sashay Montanero ass into the coffee bar of brotherly love. But an expectation like this seems like a pre-scheduled resentment. (laughs) People will let me down. They just won't get me. I mean, I'm a bit more complicated than Dick. I am really expecting a lot of others if I expect them to understand me. Especially the stereotypical Dick I just mentioned. (laughs) Dick just doesn't get it. But here's the thing. The only time someone really needs to know how I sexually identify is when I'm trying to move this product off the shelf. I know I have an expiration date pending. I'm not the trendiest product, but if I like you, I'm going to identify myself as available for purchase in the hopes that you add me to the cart. (laughs) Yes, ladies, shipping is free. Now I get it. Plumbing is really no indicator of how people identify. (laughs) At least that's what my ex-girlfriend Chuck tells me. Honestly, when it comes to personal sexual branding, I have been leaving all of the decisions really up to my dick. (laughs) Yes, my little bully. And considering his track record for best practices, I really kind of thought like I might want to give a look-see into this topic. And I asked myself, how is it that I identify? Turns out I'm a feminist. Stirred, but not shaken. With a twist of misogyny. Which basically means that this tall glass of water can jive with the message. But my dick still isn't listening. In fact, the bully has this whole background dialogue thing going on. You see, my dick speaks fluent southern gibberish a dialect I call stories from Hustler Magazine speak. Sometimes, to be honest, I kind of like it. (laughs) However, when his conversation turns violent, I leave that little prick alone. No one wants to listen to a violent little prick. Well, unless it's Joe Pesci. I should mention that he's not well. My bully, that is, not Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci's fine. I'm pretty sure a cat couldn't scratch that dude. No, my dick. My dick actually suffers from ADD. D, which is, of course, attention deficit dick disorder. You see, the bully, (laughs) he gets confused. He sees something he likes. He stops on a dime so quickly he could pick up nine cents change. And then he'll start tossing me his two cents opinions as if I'm a wishing well handing out free pussy. I really don't think that my dick is in reality. His latest wish is to fuck the hottest cartoon mom. 
<laughs> Elastigirl. Now, in case you didn't know this or haven't been paying attention, Elastigirl is way out ahead in the dick poles of porn. Why Elastigirl? Well, like my dick, I think some men just want a twistable, turnable, squeezable, pullable, bendable, foldable, do what you're toldable, easily moldable wife. Apparently, that's the fantasy. Something we can stretch open and shove our egos into. But how did the bully get ADDD? Here's the problem. I've let him watch way too much television. With television and film, the bully compares these women of Hollywood with real-world females. My dick sees the picture-perfect woman in sexy, tight clothes that can roundhouse kick in high heels and a skirt. (laughs) No wonder my dick gets confused. Poor little guy. Unlike young women and Joe Pesci, my dick doesn't understand that it's all make-believe. I think the bully stopped maturing when he was about 13. Sexism, in my opinion, could be the biggest issue we have in society today. And I hope that I will live to see a day that the mainstream art of the day is comfortable with the full spectrum of how women identify. Perhaps art can be illuminated by independent, free-thinking women. Perhaps we can identify them as human, just like me. Socially imperfect, just like me. Women who are framed by something other than the male gaze, (laughs) truthfully just like me, except in some places in Florida. Basically, a version of sexuality that's not associated with violence like it is on TV. Ladies able to express themselves not as objects or brand. Sexually unrepressed women who can wear anything that makes you feel like you. However, (laughs) if you could see your way to share your thoughts, my love, in some blackberry-flavored lip gloss, well, that would be swell. You see, my dick, he still likes to watch. Well, that was our episode. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Truth to Power. I am Curious G. Next week, we are going to be discussing value from another angle. We're going to look at crime as a business. This song is Jungle. Crime is a business, like a razor through a slit wrist. Are you the razor or the wrist? Sacrifice for the grip. Product or seller? Prisoner or jailer? System is failing. Okay, dipshit, sit in your cell and keep praying. It would somehow get better. Like the drowning might stop getting wetter. Like the girl in the gangbang crying. For some reason, smiles when she's mounted by the 15th fell. I feel like I've been whining about this forever. They won't fucking ever decriminalize drugs. Cause everyone holding keys is too busy stacking cheddar. Look at me, I'm an artist. Worried about saying the wrong shit. Whining up with charge. Never mind, still running the mouth regardless. Okay, let's see how to start this. How about fuck all of them? We got the numbers. All jungle, but you're only hunters. Passing all these sleeping tigers. Hope you don't disturb the silence. Don't wake the sleeping giant. We're pissed off and defined. We're pissed off and defined. We're pissed off and defined.
years old, quit it Shit, I kept quiet, waiting for some other motherfuckers to give it Kept talking about ass and how on the mic they rip it Here hold my drink, Biggs, and trust me, sip it Now let's get to the math of where we're at Each arrest is equal to 11 jobs Judges, lawyers, cops, jailers, bondsmen Some to lock us up and some to get us off But it's all business and it all sucks And they always need product And trust me, there's more money in crime if we meet at the cell I'm the one that locks it Fuck no, don't decriminalize shit That is their mantra Sweating the poor more than Jonah Hill does in a sauna Gotta keep mortgage payments rolling Cause we don't wanna be outside of work by manana Fuck all of them, we got the numbers All jungle, but you're only hunters Passing all these sleeping tigers Hope you don't disturb the silence Don't wake the sleeping giant We're pissed off and defiant We're pissed off and defiant We're pissed off and defiant we all know by now twas the war on drugs Propaganda frame some as thugs To keep control of some of us Remove our rights, our votes, our guns Cost of supervision, lick my nuts Imagine goblin knobs for cash Being shocked if they ain't wash their ass Disposal fee for the load they blast Which seems to me so fucking brash American convicts account for 25% of all those in chains on the whole planet? God damn it, Janet, that's just insane. We Americans think humans stain. Evil fucks built this way. Drive trucks, blind, drunk, crash through every lane. I wanna drive fast is all we say. Fuck no, we ain't this bad that we must wear these chains. The land of the fees didn't miss liberty. Just get paid, it's Monopoly, bitch. You're the dog today. <laughs> Fuck them, we got the numbers. All jungle, but you're only hunters. Fuck them, we got the numbers. All jungle, but you're only hunters. Passing all these sleeping tigers. Hope you don't disturb the silence. Don't Awake the sleeping giant They're pissed off and defiant They're pissed off and defiant They're pissed off 